0: It's our title today Uh, We'll get to that in a minute Uh, Isaiah 58, 3-9a is our uh, text this morning God, God desires to have a relationship with people He wants people to know Him That's what the whole purpose of Scripture is The Bible is written for us to be able to get to know God for him to let us know who he is and what he's done for us. He wants us to come to him to know him. At different times in life, maybe different times in the week, maybe different times in the day, people might come to God in different ways. Some people or maybe sometimes in our lives, we may mostly ignore him. On the opposite end of the the spectrum, we may we may have times where we earnestly seek to know God better, we search after Him, and much of our day might be spent in contemplation of who God is. Probably most of the time, most people, are somewhere in between. At least uh, in thinking about those of us who who believe that we should know God. We probably find ourselves somewhere in between those two extremes. Our text today responds to... uh, The description of God's people as looking for him, but only superficially. This text has the middle verses of chapter 58 of Isaiah. In the first few verses of the chapter, God tells Isaiah to speak to his people who seem to be looking for him. But we get the impression as we get to our text today and as we read these verses that the search is only superficial. They appear to be looking for Him. They put on a show. They know it's good to search for God. They know that they should do it. They know they need to do it. But they do it in such a way as to just meet the requirements. In a sense, meeting the requirements of a contract. And then they expect God to act justly because they've done their part or what they see as their part. God says, the people look for me. They ask me what they should do, but it's only to put on a good show. The reality is that they're finding that it doesn't work. They pray to God and he doesn't answer or he doesn't seem to answer. And then they say, hey, hey, we've done all this for you. Why don't you answer us? We followed the rules. Our text today opens with one of those those habits that the people say that they do, that they think God should recognize them for. But then it is followed by God's critique of their behavior, looking at their true motivation. As we hear God's critique of their behavior, we might listen for where God corrects us as well. Our text today is from Isaiah 58, verses 3 to 9a. I'll invite you to stand as I read from these verses. Isaiah 58, 3 to 9a. Reading in Jesus' name. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for laying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word to us this morning. Thank you for um, the word that come, came so long ago to a people much different from ourselves, and yet you speak to us as well. And so we ask that you would help us and guide us as we consider what you have for us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please have a seat. Um, okay, I want to have the kids to come up here. Uh, I'll invite the kids that want you to, to come up front here. Can I have a seat up? Either side here. Or maybe first and second row on this side would be easier. All right. Do we have anybody else coming up? All right, come on up. Okay. Okay, I want to ask you guys the hold on. <laughs> come have a seat, Eli. There you go. I wanna I wanna ask you guys here, um, who knows the song? I just want to be a sheep. Anybody know that one? I just want to be a sheep. Ba 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 ba. I right? want to be a sheep. Yeah. Yeah, you know it, right? Hey, do you guys know? Yeah, you're doing the actions too. Hey, do you guys know one of the verses? Well, that's one of the verses, isn't it? But you know what? I've got another one in mind. What do we not want to be? We don't want to be. Sometimes we say we don't want to be a hypocrite. Anybody know what a hypocrite is? What's A hypocrite. Yeah, you kind of say you should do something, but you do something different, right? Or uh, you kind of act like you believe something, but you don't really believe it, right? So that's what a hypocrite is. What do we say in the verse? I don't want to be a hypocrite. Why? Because they're not hip with it. Anybody know what that means? Cool. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, today we're going to be talking about being a hypocrite. Hey guys, come on down here. (laughs) We're going to be talking about being a hypocrite So listen for that And I didn't get a picture of a hypocrite for you Because I don't know I don't know what that looks like But what do I have here? A sheep So this is what I've got for you Hey guys, this is what I've got for you today A sheep So who wants to hand these out? You want to hand some out? Okay All right, guys Micah, come on down We've got a picture Wow, this ended up being uh, quite a bit of commotion up here this morning that's okay. Thanks for coming up, guys. Make sure, you, make sure you got your picture of the sheep there. Right? You got it? There you go. All right. Thanks for coming up. You can go back now to your seats. <laughs> the rest of the sheep. Okay, thank you. I got the rest. Anybody else want one? A sheep? I was thinking, uh, I don't have a picture of a hypocrite. Maybe, maybe, Was that too mean if we did mirrors? You don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, All right. Well today in our text we hear God calling out hypocrisy. Here's the objection from the people. Why have we fasted they say and you have not seen it. They're talking to God. Why have we fasted and you didn't see it. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed. We fasted. We followed your rules. We follow you. We go to church. Why are you not working in our lives like we expect. Why should we do all of this if you're not going to act in our lives, God? But here's the response from God. And it demonstrates that the people were really just putting on an outward show of doing something, thinking that that could uh, kind of fool God. But inwardly, they didn't really mean it. Now, fasting isn't necessarily a practice that many of us probably follow. I haven't done much of it myself. So we we might want to consider other practices that we do have that might get the same response from God that he gave to these people about fasting. Think about about that and consider that as we consider how God describes what their fasting is like. Think about what that may, this may look like in our own lives. As God talks to the people, we get the sense that he's speaking primarily to those who are in positions of authority or positions of prominence in the culture, those that have influence. He seems to be speaking foremost to them um, as he says this, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. So that's why I say that. It seems like he's talking to those that have some authority in, in the culture. So these, these are people who have, who have resources, who are in charge, who have servants or others under them. They fast, supposedly following God's command. But the reality is that they themselves fast. As they themselves fast, they make their workers work even harder. They take a break. Their workers do more work. And they think, hey, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're fasting. We're putting on this show. What could this be like in our own day? Uh, Do you think I might get anybody uh, angry at me if I talk about going out to eat after church? (laughs) Well, you know, the reality is Sunday is not the equivalent of the Sabbath, you know, from the Old Testament. And it's true that there are many people who don't really care about the Sabbath anyway. But if we've ever found ourselves being critical of people who work on Sunday instead of going to church, and then we have also gone out to eat at a restaurant after church, we might want to consider what God might be saying here. Now, just to make this clear, I'm not saying it's wrong to go out to eat after church. If that was your plan, go ahead. I'm not saying that's wrong. This is just one area where um, sometimes some may have fallen in the trap that God is getting at in this text. Now, I bring this up only because it's an easy way to picture how we might think of this. Do we do things in our own lives with the idea that we are doing something right, while at the same time maybe even preventing somebody else from doing something right, or that we perceive as as being right and good? There may be other times where we do something simply because we know it looks good, but in reality, we don't care. Look at what else God says about this fasting. He says, your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. Now, I don't know exactly the scenario that he's getting at, but think about this. Some people some people today even are in the habit of going without food, maybe fasting and praying, uh, or maybe fasting for nutrition reasons. So, you know, fasting for a certain part of the day, every day. Um longer, longer than most of us might. Um, But if you're not in the habit of fasting and you do fast, you know, you go without food, maybe unintentionally, um, or maybe it's just a matter of of taking a little bit longer than normal to have the next meal. What can happen? Uh, You know, we talk about this sometimes, right? You get grumpy. We see this, especially in kids. We'll even tell them about it and they don't believe us. But, uh, you yeah, know, we get grumpy. Well, that could be what even what's happening here, right? They're getting grumpy. They're fasting, and their fasting that is meant for good, for focusing in God, is ending up in quarrels and fights. They're just getting grumpy. They're totally forgetting the purpose of the fasting. Maybe, uh, you know, what would this look like today? Maybe you've been a part of a church business meeting where there was some quarreling going on, and maybe there wasn't... Fasting that came before that maybe it didn't it didn't turn into a fistfight either I mean, I hope you've never been a part of a church uh, business meeting that that's turned into a fistfight uh, But maybe a sense of harmony around God's Word was lacking in that meeting now sometimes Disagreements can come for very good reason and we talk things through, you know, we we do that. That's good We don't always have to have the same opinion in, on every matter But we can discuss things in a good way But how often do these types of arguments come, uh, even sometimes in church, from being focused on the wrong things? That's where it gets to be a problem. And this is what God says about that type of behavior. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. You can't expect to put an outward show of being good and following God and then expect him To be listening to you if it's just an outward show and not really on the inside. Now, it's easy to want to do that, isn't it? It's easy to want to look good for others and maybe have the thought that we look good to God too. God is merciful and gracious. He is. But he can't be fooled. He sees right through the act when we act in hypocritical ways. How easy it is to call on God to help us when things aren't going well and then to forget all about that when things are going better. God tells his people, that won't work. You can't do that. I see through it. And God then contrasts the outward show of following him with what he really desires. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes is that what you call a fast, just going through the action of it with no inward impact? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? It's not what we do on the outside. It's not what is apparent as far as following God that is, imp- that is important. It's not what shows on the outside that's important. Here's another one of the effects as we think about The ways that we can go wrong in this here's another one of the effects of our trying to look good on the outside and several different aspects of it first This can have a little bit of a a kind of a giving us a false confidence in ourselves Making us think that we're following God more than we really are and then Beyond that this can also have a negative effect on others as well if everybody around me is You know putting on a pretty good show but, you know, maybe part of it is show, but it looks real to me. And, I, and as I'm looking at others around me, I say, that looks, they're really following God. And I know that what I'm doing is kind of putting on a show. I know that, you know, inside maybe I don't do as well as I maybe make it look like I do. Even though I might not always admit that. If I'm ever honest with myself, I might admit and understand that I'm doing that but then assume that everybody else is really good. If that's ever where we find ourselves, we might, we might begin to despair. Everyone else is doing okay. So what is wrong with me? Now, that's not to say that everything that we see other people do is just putting on a show. Most of what we do might be very genuine, and I hope that it is that when we follow God, it is genuine. But I'm taking this to extreme to demonstrate what the problem can be. If we put on an act of be- being better than we really are, even, even sometimes in just things that seem to be little ways, we're not just hurting ourselves by our hypocrisy. We may, we may just be leading others to think that they could never be good enough. Looking at it from another angle, sometimes we can lead others to put on a show, to hide what life is really like. Sometimes in the desire to encourage a missionary, or even not someone who's overseas as a missionary, but someone nearby that does a lot of work in the church, someone might say something like this. It's so great what you're doing. It's such an important work what you're doing. And and it probably really is. That That's true. But then, someone might add, I so admire you for doing that, I could never do that. Now, that might also be true. But it's also quite possibly true that the person might be thinking, as they hear that, they might be thinking of the ways that they're not living up to the impression that others have of them. How hard it can be to have your life analyzed by many people and mostly mostly really for the good saying how good it is but at the same time feeling i don't think i'm doing that much i don't i don't think i'm living up to that but i don't want to let people down it's really good it is really good to encourage our missionaries and to encourage those that we see doing work in our church and serving in in good ways it's also to good to recognize The pressure that the encouragement can sometimes bring if we make it seem like what they're doing is more than what they feel like they're doing. So here are some of the ways that hypocrisy might show up. Or at least a feeling of hypocrisy. Because sometimes it it can be just a feeling that we have, too. If our outward behavior makes us feel better about ourselves than we should... If our behavior makes others feel worse about themselves than they should. Or if our encouragement of others is too focused on their behavior and might lead, themselves, lead them to think of themselves as being unworthy. These are ways that this can creep in to our lives. What does God really look for instead of that? He says this, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice. Untie the cords. Of the yoke set the oppressed free and break every yoke God isn't looking for something that's a chore that's a heavy burden for us to do for him it's really a lightening of the load he lightens our load and he wants us to lighten the load of others remember that as they were fasting they were passing their work on to others who couldn't take the time to stop and fast and pray along with them. Jesus said that the religious leaders in his day took the rules that God had meant to help people and made them a heavy burden for the people, making them always worried about doing the right thing rather than letting them rest in God's grace and have those rules be a good thing for them. There are many things that we can do that strengthen our relationship with God that really do regularly uh, joining the Sunday morning worship time, uh, taking time on our own to read and pray, taking time to encourage others, gathering with others to pray, serving our neighbors with God's love. These are all good things that can strengthen our relationship with God, but these are not burdens for us to lay on each other as requirements to receive God's love. They're not burdens to lay on ourselves as things that we need to do to look good to God or to others. These are things that we get to do. And hopefully it feels that way. Hopefully it feels like these are things we get to do. Instead of burden instead of putting burdens on each other, we want to ease each other's burdens. And then he goes on here. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? And to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. The last line there indicated seems to indicate that people were even ignoring their own family and their needs for the sense of putting on a good show of worshiping God. But rather than putting on a show, God desires that we do things to serve him and to serve others and to put ourselves at their disposal. The people were trying to put on a good show by fasting. Sometimes we try to put on a good show, making it look like we're better than we are. But what is the result when we stop trying and instead look to follow what God says and just let Him work through us? This is what He says. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. God is ready and willing to act in our lives. It really doesn't take much to get his light to let his light shine through. The Gospel reading from Matthew talked about letting our light shine. That's what we want. We want our light to shine when we put God first. When we honor him in our actions and recognize that his intention is to bless people. And when we join him in doing that, then he says this, Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. As we think, think about, we're, we're still in the season of, uh, of epiphany, uh, the sense of getting to know God, him revealing himself to us. That's what this is about. If you think about someone who is learning a trade, maybe a carpenter, If that person is just given instructions, you know, maybe a book, uh, they could learn something, maybe muddle along, maybe even eventually do a decent job. But a better way is to work alongside the master carpenter to absorb that person's way of doing things and the way that they produce something great. To absorb that, to take it in and, and become like that. As we truly spend time with God and get to know Him and follow in what He does, His righteousness and His glory are right there with us to be seen through us. And then this is the way Isaiah concludes this part. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and He will say, Here am I. It's right there, ready. The relationship is such that when we're going through troubles... Not only do we know that he's right there, but even the things that we identify as troubles are really the troubles that matter to him. So he's ready to take care of them. He said that he would take care of them. He's ready to say, here I am, right here with you. And you know who's never a hypocrite? God. God. He never is. He never is. He's always true. Uh, just this week again, I saw a, uh, a video of a brilliant scientist giving the same old argument that many make against the existence of God. And that is this, that a good and all-powerful God would not let people die in disasters. That's his opinion. If God is good and all-powerful, why does he let people die? But for God to not be a hypocrite, he needs to punish rebellion. His justice needs to be real. And the dangerous life of this world is just a part of that punishment. But the fact is, he's always right there with forgiveness. It's not just a show. He's ready to give it. He actually does good. And that changes us as he works in our lives, as we listen to what he says. It is easy to want to put on a good show on the outside, isn't it? To try and look better than we really are. To, in a sense, act like a hypocrite. But God isn't fooled by by that, even though we or others might be. But that's okay. It's okay that it doesn't fool God. Because God is ready to forgive even our attempts to put on a good show, and He's ready to guide us, so that we don't, so that we don't have to feel the need to put on a good outward show. We can just live our lives in His grace and mercy. Instead of that, we'll have a genuine desire to simply live the life that God wants us to live. So, uh, rather than the, us being a hypocrite. God, in a sense, to use the sermon title from the song, you know, He does make it so that we can be hip with it, (laughs) right? Not a hypocrite. Let's pray, Father. Thank you for, uh, thank you for this word to us. Thank you for the way that you work in our lives, that you want to work in our lives, and uh, we understand that sometimes when we we try to do too much, we try to make it look, we try to make ourselves look good on the outside. Um, we actually sometimes make a barrier for you to work in our lives. And so I ask that you would help us to, uh, to remove those barriers, not to put on a show, but honestly to seek you and, uh, and to be encouraged by the fact that you are right there, ready when we turn to you. Help us and guide us in that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.